0: my name is diane paben with tp farms in waller texas you're listening to the latest news in texas agriculture on texas ag today
1: welcome to texas ag today a daily look at the latest news in texas agriculture
2: Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the House Agriculture Committee took a tour of Texas agriculture. The committee was in the Lone Star State to hold a Farm Bill listening session this past Wednesday, but they also spent a couple of days touring around the different types of Texas agriculture. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas, to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Right to Farm legislation passes a Texas House Committee. I'm Tom
3: Nicoletti and I'll have more from Austin on Texas Ag Today.
4: Scouting fields to look for various pests is very important to the overall success of any crop. I'm James Hunt. And coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll tell you about an upcoming event designed to teach the basics of field scouting.
5: It's time to nominate your special farm dog for national recognition. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on the Farm Bureau Farm Dog of the Year contest on Texas Ag Today.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The House Agriculture Committee held a Farm Bill listening session in Waco this past Wednesday, but they also spent a few days touring Texas agriculture. Ag Committee Chairman G.T. Thompson spent a day learning about the forestry industry in East Texas.
5: We're out in East Texas, uh, really the forestry part of the state that I don't think, a lot of people don't think of of forestry in Texas in in sort of the same context, but it's here. I mean, a robust forestry industry and state-of-the-art mills as well. It was incredible. I always say that American agriculture is defined by science, technology, and innovation, those three words. And we saw it when we did Forestry Day. We saw that with the techniques that those foresters are using, the way they're managing those forests, quite frankly, in a way that's good for jobs, the economy, the environment, and the climate. But
2: we also saw it in terms of the application of technology in those mills. South Texas farmer and rancher Russell Baining is president of the Texas Farm Bureau. He says it was a great opportunity to teach the committee about the challenges that Texas farmers, ranchers, and forestry producers face.
4: It gives those folks a chance to get out and see what's going on out in the country, so to speak. We did timber yesterday. We got a great tour with timber. We did some farms this morning, dairy farm, corn farmer, and now we're here at a cattle ranch. And, And to see the problems firsthand and listen to the folks that are out here doing what they're doing every day, they appreciate it so much. I mean, we hear it at every stop.
2: Jared Ranley hosted the committee on his cattle backgrounding operation in Falls County. He says labor problems were one issue he wanted to bring to the committee's attention.
6: So we talked about a lot of issues that we faced with the labor shortage here in Texas and the United States in the ag industry sector. It's very difficult for us to find laborers here locally that want to work in these kind of conditions that we face with the weather and the environmental conditions that we're forced with with the drought and the heat and the extreme cold. We rely heavily on some H-2A workers out of Mexico to assist us and is real critical to the success of our operation.
2: Ranley says it's important for Texas farmers and ranchers to make their voice heard to those who make the decisions in Washington.
6: I think it's very critical that we express our concern and what we need sometimes we may feel a little embarrassed stepping up in front of these people and asking for money and asking for these government programs but it's it's there for a reason it's there to protect us it's there to ensure that we have a domestic food supply produced here in the united states especially with the issues we saw in 2021 with COVID and the shortage of the food supply that we saw at that time we all have to step up to the table as G.T. Thompson said today, if we don't show up to the table, we may be on the table. So it's real critical that we get into these discussions, express our concerns, express our interests, and ask for our benefit.
2: Falls County cattle producer Jared Ranley. Right to farm legislation is moving forward in the state legislature. Tom Nicoletti goes to Austin for an update. We go to Austin and state legislative
3: director for Texas Farm Bureau Charlie Leal is standing by to give us more information on this right to farm uh, legislation. And uh, let's remind our listeners, uh, Charlie, uh, what this uh, bill is all about.
0: Yes, Tom, this is the bill that seeks to address the issue of cities who are restricting or prohibiting farming and ranching when there's no evidence uh, that it is a public threat or or a safety issue. This bill would strengthen the right to farm to, to ensure that farmers and ranchers are are able to continue producing the food and fiber that our growing population requires.
3: Now, House Bill 1750 by State Representative Dwayne Burns of Cleburne was uh, heard in the House Agriculture and Livestock Committee. Fill us in on uh, how that transpired. Yeah, the bill had a hearing on March 15th. Farmers and
0: ranchers testified on their personal experiences and frustrations in dealing with regulatory overreach from cities across the state. The bill was so well received by the committee that the committee chairman, Briscoe Kane out of Harris County brought it up for a vote the day after the hearing, and it received unanimous support from the nine-member committee. What type of feedback did you get from the committee? A lot of questions from uh, urban and rural members questioning the motive uh, behind why cities are, are doing what they're doing and, and where they believe they have the authority to do it. Where does this legislation head uh, from here, Charlie? Well, now it's on to the House Calendars Committee, uh, where they'll decide when it will be set for a vote on the House floor.
3: That is Charlie Leal. He is uh, Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director, joining us today from the state capitol in Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Scouting fields to look for various pests is an important task for the success of any crop, James Hunt tells us there's an upcoming event where you can learn more about field scouting.
4: There are a lot of bugs out there, but in reality, very few of them are a problem for agriculture.
7: There's over 30 million species of insects, and less than 5% of them are pests. So in the field, we come across a lot of insects, and very few of them are actually our target species.
4: That's Blaine Reed, an integrated pest management agent with Texas A&M AgriLife. He says learning what bugs to look for when scouting fields is just part of what will be covered at an upcoming field scout school. The event is April 13th at the Texas A&M AgriLife Research and Extension Center in Amarillo. Area producers are welcome to attend the event, and in fact some CEUs will be available, but Reed says this one-day school is actually more designed for those who need introductory level instruction in the basics of field scouting.
7: What is a node and an air node How do you measure that on a plant? What is a cotton square? What's development look like? What does the color of the flower mean? And the pest identification at every stage you'll be seeing on, for this school, it's going to be cotton, corn, and sorghum. What pests do we need to look for? What beneficials are key? And
4: Reed says there are a variety of summer jobs available for field scouts, including with
7: AgriLife. Ideally, they would be agricultural students attending a college. We have internship agreements with Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Tarleton State University, even going over to Oklahoma with OSU. You could get some course hours from working with us, but primarily looking for entomology or agronomy students, looking for some summer experience.
4: Once again, the Field Scout School is April 13th at the AgriLife Center in Amarillo. To find out more about the school and about summer jobs in field scouting, contact AgriLife. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: It's time to nominate your special farm dog for national recognition. Gary Joyner tells how
5: nominations are now open for the 2024 Farm Bureau Farm Dog of the Year contest, supported by Purina. Applications close July 14th. The grand prize winner is the Farm Bureau Farm Dog of the Year. The title comes with a year's worth of Purina Pro Plan dog food and $5,000 in prize money. The winner will be recognized at a Farm Dog of the Year award ceremony at the American Farm Bureau Federation Convention in January 2024 in Salt Lake City. Up to three regional runners-up will each win $1,000 in prize money. Judging of the contest will be based on nomination materials submitted. Desired attributes in the Farm Dog of the Year are helpfulness to the farmer and his-her family, playfulness, and obedience. Joe Sheeran of Texas owns Woody, the winner of the inaugural Farm Dog of the Year contest in 2019. Joe says Woody is now 12 years old and recently retired from herding cattle, sheep, and ducks. But he's still Joe's constant companion and is helping train two of his puppies in stock dog duties. The contest celebrates farm dogs everywhere who work alongside their people to bring nutritious food to our table and our pets' bowls. Go to www.fb.org for more details. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today.
8: The kickoff for spring turkey hunting season in the South Zone is just around the corner. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today
2: and cleaning your horse barn and riding equipment can help prevent the spread of infectious diseases texas veterinarian dr bob judd has more on that coming up next right here on texas ag today
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Cleaning your horse barn and riding equipment
2: will help prevent the spread of infectious diseases. Dr. Bob Judd says
9: you should make that a priority. Cleaning and disinfecting your equine tack should be a priority after your horse has been around other horses, especially if any horse has a contagious disease. One of the most contagious diseases in horses is strangles caused by strep equi. Strep equi is a bacterial organism that causes a mild to severe upper respiratory infection. Effective cleaning is required to prevent spread of the disease to other horses, and a recent study published in the Journal of Equine Veterinary Science used strep equi as their bacterial example to determine effectiveness of cleaning and disinfection. The researchers took wood, concrete, leather halters, leather gloves, and polyester webbing halters and contaminated all with a clinical strain and laboratory strain of strep equi. Three days after inoculating the materials, samples were collected and then the equipment was cleaned and sterilized with disinfectant. After another two days, materials were tested for the organism and all materials were culture negative except the polyester web halters. It appeared the leather equipment was a poor material for survival of the organisms and only the polyester halter material was still positive with the bacteria. The halters were washed and sanitized in 40 degrees centigrade water, which is about 104 degrees Fahrenheit, and 14 of the 16 polyester halters were still positive for strep. However, increasing the temperature of the water to 60 degrees centigrade, or 140 degrees Fahrenheit, resulted in a negative culture of all halters. This indicates that leather is less likely to maintain infectious organisms, And if you are using water to clean the material, the water needs to be at 140 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The kickoff for spring turkey season in the south zone is just around the corner. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report.
8: The spring turkey hunting season in the Rio Grande South Zone officially opens on Saturday. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, TPWD biologists have had mixed reports of turkey numbers and recruitment in South Texas. While the areas around Uvalde reported below-average production and recruitment over the past two years, other areas like Brooks, Kennedy, Kleberg, and Willacy counties had fair recruitment. TPWD encourages hunters to focus their efforts on creeks and drainages with larger trees in the central and western portions of South Texas and around oak oakmots in the coastal sand sheets. There were no turkey hunting regulation changes. Jason Harden, TPWD Wild Turkey Program Leader, does encourage hunters to double-check the outdoor annual before heading out.
0: We have an annual bag limit. Some counties with a one-bird bag, some counties with up to a four-bird bag. So if you shot that bird or a bird or two during the fall, you would only have so many tags remaining for the spring. It is an annual
2: bag limit.
8: The spring south zone counties include Aransas, Atascosa, B, Brooks, Calhoun, Cameron, Comal, Crockett, DeWitt, Dimmitt, Duval, Frio, Goliad, Gonzalez, Hildago, Jim Hogg, Jim Wells, Carnes, Kennedy, Art of Kinney, Kleberg, LaSalle, Live Oak, Maverick, McMullen, part of Medina, Nueces, Referio, San Patricio, Star, part of Uvalde, part of Valverde, Victoria, Webb, Willisie, Wilson, Zapata, and Zavala counties. Spring turkey hunting season for those counties opens on Saturday, March 18th. The Rio Grande North Zone and Rio Grande Special One Turkey Bag Limit Area both open April 1st. Eastern turkey hunting begins April 22nd. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel.
2: Cattle futures were mixed to close out the week on Friday, while cotton took another big drop. We'll check out all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded both sides of the market on Friday, but when it shook out on the close, we saw red ink across the board, both live and feeder cattle, ending lower to wrap up the trading week. With April live cattle down 2 cents, 162.32, June down 47 at 156.40, while August live cattle dropped 17 cents, same price as the June, 156.40. Feeder cattle. Lower March feeders down 65 at 188.85. April feeders down 50 cents, 194.65. The May contract down 32 at 199.95. Cash fed cattle market seeing most of our cattle here in the South sell for 164 over the past week. That is a buck lower compared to the previous week's average. Boxed beef price is higher on Friday, choice up forty-three cents, two hundred eighty four thirty eight, select up a dollar forty one at two seventy three seventeen. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble my guest, Carl Herman, Caldwell Livestock Commission Company, sells
10: them every Wednesday. Carl, how was this week's sale? You know, we had a good sale yesterday, had over 800 head uh, yesterday for 133 sellers and 44 buyers on a steady calf market and cow market. We had 120 cows and bulls yesterday, slaughter cows 40 to 105, slaughter bulls 80 to 119, stockered cows 750 to 1300, and pears 875 to 1500. On the calf side, on the steers, Two to three weights brought two dollars to two sixty-five. Three to four weight steers two ten to two sixty-seven. Four to five weights two sixteen to two sixty-two. Five to six weights two oh two to two thirty. Six to seven weights one eighty-two to two seventeen. And seven to eight weights one sixty-four to one seventy-five. On the heifers, 2 to 3 weights, 185 to 260, 3 to 4 weight heifers, 193 to 247, 4 to 5 weights, 189 to 232, the 5 and 6 weights brought 178 to 210, 6 to 7 weight heifers, 160 to 197, and the 7 to 8 weights, 156 to 181. Overall, had a good day, had a lot of good cattle, a lot of buyers on hand, uh, everything was active. I uh, want to remind our listeners that uh, we're having our uh, Texas Elite Sale Saturday, Uh starts at one o'clock. Uh, I've got 900 uh, of the best uh, uh, replacement females that's uh, walking around. So uh, we'd love to have you at the sale. My number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Hebner, 540-8676. Carl, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. You bet. Thank you, Larry. Well, neighbor, there's your livestock auction
2: report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market. Now we lean hogs. Finish mixed Friday. The nearby April was up 42 cents, 79.87. May hogs down $1.20, 86.77. Class 3 milk took another jump higher. The March contract up 6 cents at 18.06 100 weight, but the April jumped 40 cents to close at $19 even. The cotton market feeling the pressure from another drop in the stock market. We finished sharply lower Friday with May cotton down 133 points, 77.83. July down 126 points, 78.44. New crop December cotton down 112 points at 79.51. The corn market got a nice boost over the past week with China in the market nearly every day buying U.S. corn. On Friday, USDA announcing the fourth sale of the week, seven and a half million bushels. That puts the weekly total at 83.1 million bushels, which is the highest weekly total we've seen in over a year. May corn up one and a half, 6.34 and a quarter. New crop September corn up one and a quarter, 5.68 and three quarters. Another big double digit jump in the wheat market on Friday as wheat traders wonder if Russia is going to accept a 60 day extension of the Black Sea grain deal. July Kansas City wheat up 14 cents, 8.22 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up 10 and a half at 7.19 and a half. In the energy markets, April natural gas was down 16 cents, 2.34. April West Texas crude down $1.90. 66.45 a barrel. The financial markets lower Friday afternoon the Dow dropping 434 points at 31,812, the NASDAQ down 101, 11,615, the S;P down 43 at 3916. That wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas AG today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas
1: agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org